I'm Deb Kuykendall. And I'm Jacob Kuykendall. I'm Karen Hernandez. And this is The Decades Podcast, a podcast where we watch two movies, one from a previous decade and one from the 2010s. And this season we are covering horror movies. I hope you enjoy the show. Heck yeah, you'll enjoy the show. two Frankensteins, so they had a very similar theme. the exact same theme. We'll see. Um, mm-hmm. it, we are also watching, so we're going in, we're going in uh, chronological order. So our first episode, we watched a movie from the 20s, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yes. And we watched, uh, uh, against Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, we watched Black Swan. And this is our second episode, so we watched a movie from the 30s, the 1931 Frankenstein. Very significant movie in the history mm-hmm. of movies. And then we watched a Frankenstein, movie called Frankenstein from the year 2015, one that we were not very familiar with. <laughs> that no one ever saw and or ever heard of. Um, so the first thing that we typically do in this podcast is to describe the, uh, give a synopsis of the movie that we watched. Yeah. Uh, both movies were named Frankenstein. They weren't exactly the same. So the 1931 Frankenstein... Um, the starred Colin Clive and Boris Karloff played the monster. It was about a mad scientist who learned the secret of uh, was chemical galvanism. Yeah. And he brought he put together a monster from a bunch of pieces of other people and then uh, brought him to life and then some havoc ensued. And then uh, at the end of the movie, Monster dies. The monster is burned up in a windmill, and uh, Dr. Frankenstein, Dr. Henry Frankenstein, survives. <laughs> uh, yeah. As somebody who's never read Frankenstein the book or ever seen a Frankenstein movie other than Young Frankenstein, it's the idea of Frankenstein you probably have from cartoons. That's that's how I'd describe yeah. it. Well, I mean, yes. It With... is the Frankenstein from which all other Frankensteins, uh, aside from the book, the Frankenstein the book is very different. The Frankenstein that we think of is the one from the movie from 1931. Yes, with the cool haircut, the bolts in the neck, mm-hmm. the stitches all over. He's complete, completely Frankenstein. He's classic yeah. Halloween costume Frankenstein. Yeah, if you saw somebody dressed like that Frankenstein, you would know that it's Frankenstein's monster. Um, but you'd probably call him Frankenstein. Lurch from the Munsters or the Adams Family? Not, No, actually not. Lurch oh. from the Munsters. Lurch from the Adams Family is not based on Frankenstein. Okay, but the Munsters, there's a Frankenstein. The Frankenstein from the Munsters is definitely based <laughs> on this Frankenstein. Okay. Yes. Uh, and so then we watched another movie. Does anyone else want a synopsis of that movie? That movie was is going to be a little harder to describe. Yeah. I could also jump in to do the synopsis, too. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so I guess I'll jump in first. Uh, the synopsis of this movie is that there is a, um, a 3D printed man who these two scientists, a husband and wife scientist, create. And he comes out beautiful um, and infantile and through the course of the movie uh, learns about the world by escaping the... Everything. Everything. Yeah. The house slash laboratory in which he was born. The the monster was born in the basement laboratory of this husband and wife's home. Yeah. The husband and wife happened to be Victor Frankenstein and Elizabeth Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. And eventually he comes back. Uh, he learns about the world and then kills a bunch of people and comes back to visit his, his folks. 
I would say that this movie is very similar to The Jerk. <laughs> yes. But a horror movie version <laughs> yes, of it. Horror version. Yes, he's Nevin. Uh, <laughs> he's no Nevin. <laughs> um, he, yeah, he returns to his home, confronts the mama and papa Frankenstein. Victor Frankenstein kills his wife. Accidentally. 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 When he's trying to kill the monster. Yeah. Yes. This movie kind of concludes in... Um, uh, identity crisis from the monster that um, goes along with um, the murder of his mother. So while he's having this identity crisis of who he is yeah. and where he comes from and how he's um, been created, his mother is also murdered by his father accidentally, but still murdered. Yeah. And the movie concludes with um, with the monster burying his mother in a funeral pyre with himself and so they he commits suicide at the burial of his mother in a funeral pyre and um yeah he at the very end he exclaims i am adam so he's finally sure of what his identity is and who he is and where he comes from and the movie ends from that yeah that's that pretty much sums it up i think so we should talk about the older movie first. I mean, one of the things that we try to focus on is the difference. Like, we connect more to the movie from now, now at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's more familiar to us. Arguably so, this time, I don't know. Um, and then uh, we want to talk a little bit about maybe why the 1931 Frankenstein movie was the way that it was. And I yeah. happen to know a little bit about the history of it. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. sure. So um, Mary Shelley wrote the book. Do you know anything about why she wrote Frankenstein? Pretend that I don't, or that I forgot if you told me. So, she was, uh, I don't know, I'm going to say she was summering with her, uh, her boyfriend, her lover, um, Percy Shelley. They were not married. They did have a baby. Uh, And they were visiting uh, Lord Byron. I can't remember Mm. where exactly. It was Lord Byron's. It was like his summer home or something like that. Okay. And uh, the reason that they were there is that her cousin had a thing for Lord Byron. And so she sort of finagled her way into his (laughs) life and they spent some time there. And the other person that was there was Dr. Polidori, Mm -hmm. um, who was a companion of Lord Byron's, who wanted to be an author. And they had been reading some ghost stories and Lord Byron had put forth this challenge, let's all write a ghost story. Oh, okay. Then Lord Byron and Percy Shelley just uh, go off on a boat. They don't do any further. They don't go anywhere <laughs> near writing a ghost story. Dr. Parlidori writes The Vampire, which uh, later um, Bram Stoker writes Dracula. Based so on that or something? Uh, I don't know. It was a popular myth, um, and there was some connection there, but I can't, can't quite remember what it was. Okay. But Mary Shelley... She has this vision. Um, she's trying to think of a story, and she just has this vision of this monster looking down at a man in a bed, something like that, which is a scene from the book. Okay. And from there, she proceeds to write a story around this vision that she has, and that it and it is the novel Frankenstein, which I think was released in 1818 uh, anonymously. They did not attribute it to her until later. So a lot of people thought it was written by her lover Shelley Percy. Mm. They did get married eventually. She becomes. Does she? Yeah. Does she actually I'm become sorry, Percy Mar- Shelley? Does Mary Shelley become Mary Shelley at some point? Or when is that Percy a Shelley's headband? wife, who has, they have, oh, he has a wife and two children. She kills herself. 
and okay. leaves him a note saying, I hope you're happy now, and then he marries Mary Shelley. <laughs> so that's a horror movie all in itself. <laughs> yes. Well, I do like that the story of a monster was born from summering with Lord Byron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so pleasant. Another really interesting thing about Mary Shelley is that her mother was a suffragette. And by that I just mean she was in favor of women's rights. And she herself was against marriage. She did not marry. She did marry, actually, Mary Shelley's <coughs> father after she had a baby. Um, okay. I think pressures of society may have played a part there. Probably. Because that was, you know, and then ten, ten days after Mary Shelley was born, her mother died. But she is fairly well known for being a, a proponent of women's rights. What's at Mary that time. Shelley's mom's name? Mary Wolfencraft, I think. I might be. That's a great name. I might be that wrong about that, rad. but it's something like that. Okay. Look it up, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, this novel comes out. It was. It got mixed reviews. Some people really liked it. Some people didn't. The horror aspect of it was controversial. Um, but they immediately started making plays. Okay. And he plays about it. And at the time, there was no, um, you didn't have a right to protect your work against somebody making a play out of it. And the plays <laughs> varied widely. They didn't necessarily follow the book. They just were, a guy makes a monster in some way, mm -hmm. and then some stuff transpires. I think the Fritz character from the 1931 movie that we watched actually is from the play. Yeah, so in the 1930s Frankenstein movie, the character I would have assumed was Igor... Dr. Frankenstein's assistant is named Fritz. Yes, the hunchback. And he is killed by the monster pretty early on. Even, he is though, a we hunch... were, even though we were super enjoying his performance. Yes. yes. He died almost <laughs> He is a hunchback assistant to Dr. Frankenstein, but is not Igor, except kind of yeah. conceptually. And the third movie, Son of Frankenstein. So there, Boris Karloff was in three of these movies. Okay. And, and there were certain things that he didn't like about the development of the character. And he gave up. After the third movie, he said, <laughs> I, I'm done with this yeah. part. Um, but the third movie does have an Igor character that's played by Bela Lugosi. That's so actually that's where Igor. That, that's where Igor comes okay. from. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, I had something I was going to say. What was it? Stop squeezing. Mary Shelley. Okay, so the play. Yeah. So Carl Lemley. Well, let me go back a little bit. So in a few months before Frankenstein comes out, Dracula came out. And maybe it was as much as a year. Okay. Dracula was extremely popular and, uh, I don't, rem I don't remember now is. if it was Universal Studios yet, but it, okay. it is the studio that was to become Universal Studios. It was uh, the owner or the owner, creator, whatever, was Carl Lindley Sr. And then his son, Carl Lindley Jr., was an executive at Universal Studios. Hmm. And right. you saw his name at the beginning of the movie, actually. Oh, oh no. He, actually, he was mentioned in the speech at the beginning. Yeah, you said we need to talk about the speech, which immediately washed over my brain and right. fell right out the other So side. Carl, uh, Dracula came out, super popular, so they immediately snapped up a Frankenstein play, okay. bought the rights, and immediately tried to get Frankenstein out as quick as they could to capitalize on that. Because they were kind of going under until these movies started coming out. Yeah. And they, kinda, they brought the studio back. Do you know if these are the first universal monsters as they're known? I think so. I think Dracula seems was like the first it. one. Wolfman and, I don't know, Creature of the Black Lagoon came later, I'm guessing. Yes, so that Creature of the Black Lagoon is like 50s time. Oh, okay. Much later. But yes, Dracula and Frankenstein, I think, were the first American Universal Studios monster movies. Those classic movie costume monsters. Yes. So at the beginning of the Frankenstein movie, 
a man comes out, and I can't remember his name, but he gives a little speech warning you that this is going to be horrifying and you're going to be scared. Yeah. So if you want to leave, you should leave now. <laughs> I believe they had done something similar for Dracula as well. And one of the reasons that they did it for Frankenstein in particular was because of censorship. Mm, so okay. they kind of... Also, there's several scenes in the movie that we saw yeah. that audiences didn't see in various places in the country because they were censored. Because oh. they were too terrifying. Yes. Um... I'm trying to think of what would be terrifying enough. Well, not necessarily terrifying. Or too sensual? Controversial. I would no? say the one where Frankenstein creeps into the woman's um, wedding bedroom and yeah. uh, it could have been read as a sexual scene That's, of rape. Yeah. I'm not, sh that is, I'm not sure if that is one of them. I know mm. two specific ones. So... so the one where he throws the girl into the water. Mm -hmm. okay. So there's a, a classic right, young Frankenstein scene. where he's scene. playing... Flowers with a little girl, and they that scene occurred, but they didn't. They in some places they censored him actually throwing the girl into the oh, water. Yeah, because in the movie you see him pick her up and chuck her. Right. So the scene is he's he's this innocent. He's somewhat innocent. He doesn't. Yeah. He's kinda. simple minded. Yes. A little girl invites him to play. Let's throw flowers in the water. They throw all their flowers in the water. He doesn't Terrible have any more game. flowers, so he throws the little girl and she drowns. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, in the when it was first released, they cut out the girl being thrown into the water. He just, she just says, "Let's play," and then it cut, I guess yes, we don't know. Which caused some problems because people didn't know what he did to the little girl. Yeah, because later was the a girl question dead. about whether she was dead or maybe he molested her. In the movie, he doesn't molest her; he just, he just picks her up and kills throws her. her. Yeah, right. So that was one another controversial scene, and this was somewhat controversial in the book as well. Is where he says he's like God. You know, he knows what mm -hmm. he feels oh, like yeah. to be God. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of religious um, objection to mm -hmm. that. Sure. Uh, and the states had their own censorship. So from one state to the next, the movie was cut in different ways. In some places, it was cut so much you couldn't even actually watch the movie. <laughs> it was okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, I was gonna ask. So the. The guy comes out at the beginning and gives a speech about how horrifying this is. This is like a warning to the audience. Yes. This is not part of the, from the play or something no. to have like, oh, this is, let's frame this as a movie or Well, one whatever. of the things they did, so it also could have been a little bit of sensationalism, right? Yeah. So, because one of the things they did for some of these movies would be like have nurses on hand. Right. That's what I'm familiar mm -hmm. with. Because I think House on Haunted Hill or something, one of those old movies, it's like, this is so scary, people have died, or you'll win $100 if you can sit through this, or whatever it is. And it was either Frankenstein or Dracula where they did that as well. They offered, a, if a woman could sit alone in the theater and watch the whole movie, <laughs> she would get, I think it was like $50. Ooh. It was depression, so yeah. that was a lot of money. And they picked a woman who, had, who, who said she would give the money to charity if she won. Yeah, and I was going <laughs> to echo what, what Karen had said. There is a scene in this movie that I was not familiar with, having no concept of Frankenstein, it's not from a cartoon, where Victor Frankenstein is there with his wife on their wedding day. He locks his wife in the bedroom, basically, as like, uh-oh, there's something bad going on. You just stay in here and I'll make sure you can't get out. Mm -hmm. And then Frankenstein creeps into her bedroom and she starts screaming, and then they later come back into the room and she's like knocked unconscious and the monster has run away. I'm going to try not to call the monster Frankenstein for clarity. And that definitely can be read as like a sexual assault, the way that mm -hmm. it is framed. Yes. But the censorship, I don't know, the issues of that I'm not as clear on. I can't remember if they censored that or not. 
there I do remember reading that that was an aspect of that scene that you could interpret from it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's very little and, sexualization in that Frankenstein movie otherwise. Of any right. right. And there is only woman in, one woman in the movie. I mean, I think that it was interesting not knowing Frankenstein to see where things lined up with what I was familiar with as kind of like movie tropes of mm-hmm. Frankenstein. and Here's a question for you. So, I mean, Young Frankenstein is kind of a point of reference for all the all the Frankenstein Yes, for me, tropes. certainly. So how many of them were in this movie? Uh, there are scenes in this that are different, but are... Like, there's a scene in the... Of, like, scientists talking about in a... Doing a demonstration... There's one of those in Young Frankenstein, although in Young Frankenstein, it's Dr. Frankenstein. And in this, in Frankenstein, the movie we watched, it is his professor. Well, and I'm sure he had that skeleton in the movie. Doesn't yeah. Young Frankenstein have a skeleton? I think so. I thought that they were, like, derelict, like, Frankenstein was, like, a derelict med, med student. They're called Dr. Frank, he's called Dr. Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Frankenstein, <laughs> excuse me. Um, but there are, are they scientists or are they medical students? I mean, in this... It looked like it was an anatomy class. Yeah, in this movie, I found it a little hard to tell. They're scientists. I mean, if you're taking it from the book, he was studying science. He wasn't a medical student. He was okay. studying medicine. Gotcha. Um, in fact, in the book, he sort of gets on this track of studying a sort of defunct uh, philosophy of, I guess, uh, medicine or biology or whatever it is, science, mm-hmm. uh, okay. that other people sort of say, well, that's nobody believes that anymore. And he spends a lot of time studying that, and then he kind of gets turned around and starts studying what's modern, and then he kind of goes, I think he kind of goes back to that old. And in the process of him, his studies, he learns this, the secret to how to create life. Okay. Which is very similar to what happened in the, like, what was discussed in the 1931 yeah, movie. Yeah, what is kind of implied yeah. more than the, actually. And in the modern movie mm-hmm. as well. It basically just said... We just magically discovered how to create, we did it. How to make things be alive, and so now we're going to. Yeah, I. The other thing that I especially appreciated was that just like in Young Frankenstein, what I thought was a joke, in the original Frankenstein we watched, <laughs> uh, Fritz, the Igor character, goes to go get a brain for this monster, <laughs> picks up the normal the brain in the jar that says normal brain and then accidentally drops on the floor so then he picks up the abnormal brain and takes it home to dr frankenstein who takes it sticks it in the monster without looking at the label i guess the yes. abnormal brain is supposed to be a criminal brain yes a yes. criminal violent brain so let me tell you how they get the brain in curse of frankenstein okay it's awesome <laughs> curse of frankenstein is from 1959 i think and it's got peter cushing and uh, peter cushing and christopher lee Oh, yeah. Christopher Lee plays the monster. Oh, Christopher Lee. Um, and much like Boris Karloff, he has no lines in the movie. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. So Christopher Lee is Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. He has an assistant. No. God, I don't remember how, who, how this happens. I think he does it himself. That would be smarter. He, he actually kills a very intelligent man, a oh, professor, no. okay. to get a brain. Well, that's maybe he's, smarter. He's pretty evil. Yeah. Um, he kills this man. Remember he poisons him or what he... Oh, he pushes him over a railing. Um, and then he's got his brain. Wait. Brain's in a glass jar. Sure, he just drops that it. Out. <laughs> Oh, no. So now the brain has shards of glass in it, but he uses it anyway. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. 
I like that better. <clears throat> That's yep. sharp thinking. Hey! <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, one thing I really appreciated in the 1930s Frankenstein, and it was very hard to tell with my modern movie brain whether this was intentional or not, is Dr. Frankenstein, when this movie's called Henry Frankenstein, his personality shifts wildly from scene to scene. I like, yeah, he seems insane at mm-hmm. the beginning. Mm-hmm. He seems insane, and then in some ways he seems more insane as the movie goes on, because later he's like really subdued and is like, you know, the Professor, I got this thing, it happened, I'd like you to take a look at it to see how, you know, people have said I had some crazy ideas, but I don't really care because it's really important to me that I study this field. And this is like... In the movie's timeline, like a day after he's like, he's alive, I did it, oh my god, I'm God now. Mm-hmm. Like, his personality is all over the place. Yeah, and it... And I couldn't tell I if that was wonder, intentional or not. I wonder if the actor wasn't thinking about the book, bringing the book back into it. In that book, which is mostly Victor Frankenstein, yeah, uh, just going around and doing stuff, and okay. occasionally a monster, the monster does some stuff, <laughs> um, he is in and out of, I don't know, fits of insanity i guess or depression or something so he is periodically ill for weeks at a time like right after he creates the monster he becomes ill and Mm. and one of the reasons the monster gets abandoned it's not just because he leaves them he sees this horrible creation and he runs away Mm -hmm. but then he immediately falls into some kind of terrible illness and is sick for a long time in the book of frankenstein does dr frankenstein have a fiance is his marriage an important Mm -hmm. It's a very significant it's a plot point. Thing. Yes, okay. because the monster, when he finally does catch up to him, says, "I will be there on your wedding day." <laughs> the monster in the book is articulate. Good. He, That'd probably it, be more interesting. And, uh, the movie that we, the second movie that we watched, the one from 2015, uses quotes from the book. Yeah. All of the maybe. all of the narration was not from the book, but pieces of it definitely were. And the very okay. first one where he describes coming to consciousness was definitely from the book. Mm-hmm. I recognize that too. The era of my being. I love that line. Yeah. It was very memorable from Frank. So he gradually become. he educates himself. He gradually comes to know the world. It's cruel to him. There yeah. is a scene, a uh, you know, in both movies we saw Frankenstein playing with a little girl. All right, we have to, Frankenstein's monster, because I'm, yeah, I'm actually losing track here. Mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, people started calling him, calling the monster Frankenstein almost immediately. Yes. Because the monster doesn't have a name, and it's very difficult for people to talk about a thing without giving it a name. I think also in um, that touches on the whole monster and identity with its creator. Yeah. Um, what you were describing about how Dr. Frankenstein gets sick after he creates this creature, it seems like even though they're two different entities, this monster and this creator of it, they're now tied to each other, and one has a causal relationship on the other, just because. Yes, it's... and I think that's. I think that that definitely is true in the book. Mm-hmm. I think that is true in the 1930s version. Mm-hmm. Kind of lost that. Definitely other lost that. Other than that, he was always focused. I, I should. I need to make that more clear. Lost it in the 2015 movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. Although he was focused on his mother. Yeah. His creator, mm-hmm. who he in, considered in his, his creator, mind, yeah. his mother, Elizabeth Frankenstein. There was not any of that back and forth no. where I'm worried about a monster. I'm worried about the monster interfering with my life. You know, the two characters were not part of that movie. Right. But yeah. both the book and the 
1930s movie, the two characters are the central part and of I the think story. Conceptually, that makes more sense because if there's anything, if any part of the story is Frankenstein's monster is like his child, then having concerns about how he's going to interfere with his life and that actually all kind of plays together. But in the 2015 one, what they're trying to say, it loses a little bit. It does lose a little bit. I think it, it loses that aspect of that relationship, equal relationship between creator and monster. But it does gain this richness of story of the monster's journey to yeah. discovering who he is. Yeah, his, his discovery of life and the cruelties therein. Mm-hmm. is like clearly the focus of the 2015 movie we watched. And there were a lot of similarities between that story and the monster story in the book, if you go back to the book. So the 2015 monster story, if you just took that part out of the book, there were a lot of uh, parallel things that happened. Mm. For example, the thing with the little girl. Mm-hmm. So in the book, Frankenstein sees a little... It's a little different. In the book, I'm sorry, the monster, <laughs> the creature... Yes. The creature sees a little girl playing by a stream. She falls in. He saves her. But the person that sees him saving her, her father or whoever, has a gun and shoots him and assumes that he is doing something bad. Let me clarify. In the book, is Frankenstein's monster gross looking? Yes. Is that part of his story? Yes. So initially when Frankenstein creates the monster, he creates him, he makes him extremely big. Because so that it'll be easier to work with the pieces. <laughs> that makes more sense. But he also says before the monster comes to life that he's beautiful. But as soon as he comes to life, he becomes he changes his mind. into a horror. He becomes this horrifying, sinewy creature. Huh. Okay. The other thing that was similar between the 2015 monster and the book monster is the book monster is extremely fast. He can climb mountains way faster than a normal human being. Huh. He's very strong. Very hard to kill. Obviously, he gets shot and doesn't. I guess kill that's true him, of all like the Frankenstein monsters we saw. Right. The twenty fifteen monster had a, a lot of physical attributes in common with the book monster. Okay, like when he was running in the field away from the dog, and he was going fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think even I mean even the nineteen thirties monster was able to basically hold two people. He was smack big two guys and strong, around, but, but he wasn't he, fast. Yeah, he's just he was a big guy. Clumsy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to clarify about the nineteen thirties. Frankenstein movie we watched just because I thought it was interesting is that in the movie the doctor is Henry Frankenstein his friend is Victor with no last name the hunchbacked assistant is Fritz and the monster never has a name as far as I could remember he's they don't even name the actor who plays the monster in that movie yeah so that was a little bit crazy and hard to follow or at least it was a little confusing because Victor is Henry Frankenstein, the doctor's friend. Yeah. Um, and you said that that was be a change from the movie based from the play, the or play. from a change from the play to the book or the something. The play that they purchased, which they changed everything. They didn't actually use the play at all. But they okay. bought this play, and in that play, <laughs> Henry Frankenstein was the doctor, and <laughs> his friend was Victor. In the book, it's Victor Frankenstein, and his friend is Henry Clerval, I believe. And then in the 2015 movie we watched, it was Victor Frankenstein and Elizabeth Frankenstein kind of co-created the monster, mm-hmm. who right. early on is called the monster, like his name is Monster, and then at the end he's given a name. Well, he wasn't given a name early on. The way that he got the name Monster was when all these townspeople were 
attacking oh, yeah. him and chained him to a tractor and said, you're a monster, you're a monster, you, monster. And so that's where he figured out what his name was. It was Monster. Later on in the scene where yeah. he finally reunites with his creators, Elizabeth and Victor Frankenstein, then he learns that his name is Adam right. from his mother. Okay, yeah, that makes mm -hmm. sense. I think one thing that's going to be difficult, I think it's I think it's good for us to talk about the movies just organically, the way that the ideas yeah. are coming to us, mm -hmm. but it's really hard to tell which movie we're talking about. Yes, because they're both named Frankenstein <laughs> oh, and have all Frankenstein. Yeah, so I think maybe we should say 2015... Frankenstein yes. and 1931. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. We can do this, though. <laughs> we got it. We got it. This just won't be, clear. be a problem, probably, with the other other ones. Like, mm -hmm. previously, we did a, two movies with very different names. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And different characters. And different characters. Mm -hmm. These two movies have the same name and the same names of all the characters, only sort of. Yes. <laughs> uh, trying to think of the things I wanted to say about the 1931 Frankenstein. I loved the character of Dr. Frankenstein's dad. Oh, Baron yes. Frankenstein, who's just this angry, crotchety man who hates everything about everyone and everything that's mm -hmm. happening. And, and his part in the movie is... Nonsense. Yeah, nonsense. Complete nonsense. He's there to cajole... Wait, first he's mad because he doesn't know where his son is, and he's supposed to be getting married, and he super wants them he to get tells, married. Yes, and he tells... His son's fiance. Well, he's probably got another woman on the side. That's what's going on. <laughs> he's telling you science, but I don't think so. Uh, and then he goes and, and then visits. He shows up at the, at the. It's not a windmill. No, first it's a castle, but they say something about him owning a windmill where they so end they, up later. They show up wherever the monster was created. Yeah. Um, and he's still just this cranky man stomping around the castle, and he goes upstairs and. Maybe he's supposed to be a caricature of what that era thought was. Um, like a dying breed. I don't know. I could see that just because it's such a like he's, he, choice. Like yeah. there's something clearly being he expressed there. He is so there. completely the opposite of like, I don't know, a lot of the, like in, in values and ideals, he's so the opposite of everyone else in the movie. Maybe he's just a bad actor. Oh, Maybe he just made some bad choices because <laughs> everyone else kind of fit together. All the other characters but seem he, to. Even fit if he's together. a good actor, his character doesn't do anything. He's just a. That's true. He. What's funny to me is he is this crotchety, angry old man from the beginning of the movie, and he's like one of the few characters who survives all the way to the end and has like a little toast at the end. He's like the last character in the movie, being like, mm -hmm. "Well, everything's fine now." Right. Yeah. And, People, good guys in that movie are just getting killed left and right, and the little girl, and he just, like, he never even interacts with the monster. He's yeah. just there being an asshole to everybody. <laughs> Except when he's giving them his grandmother's wine. Yes, but, but he, he doesn't. But he takes it for himself. <laughs> they, maybe, they are going to bring the grandmother's maybe wine. Maybe it is a, just a commentary on, like, the, the, I don't know, the rich and entitled who don't care for... The, narr the rich narrative or the lives of other people. I mean, he's just I, there saying, hey, my son's rich. Hey, my son's about to get married. Oh, why why isn't life good for yeah. him? Why is he running away? Like, he doesn't seem to care about what else is actually going on. To me, his only role in the movie was to explain why Dr. Frankenstein, who seems like kind of a dropout med you know, scientist, has a castle and a windmill and a bunch of stuff. Because his dad seems loaded. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But... Otherwise, the dad doesn't do anything. He just is Grandpa Simpson in well, this I'm movie. Well, I'm sure he paid for the wedding. Yes, he's yeah. paid for the wedding. It's probably his castle, I assume. Yeah. Uh, I think it is his home. But I thought that was a crazy character. And I thought the way Fritz gets just 
brutally killed, kind of yeah, but he strangely. Got, he deserved it. Oh yeah, he's a horrible person. That, that was the monster's first experience with another, like first, like rich experience with another human being was Fritz tormenting him and torturing him constantly for no reason, he, really. Fritz chained up the monster, I think, or someone. The monster was think, chained up. I think he was chained up. And then he was tormenting him with a torch and just putting fire in this monster's face and scaring yeah. him and scaring him. So and the, whipping him. He was whipping yeah. him. For no reason. So I think the, uh, now, now to compare the 1931 Fritz character to the policeman in yes. um, the 2015 um, Frankenstein movie, there was a policeman in the 2015 Frankenstein movie who is tormenting um, the monster um, adam yeah. and he's just like beating him up and saying like saying all sorts of curse words and just trying to make him make him beneath him uh the policeman was trying to make the monster beneath him in all sorts of ways and so finally the monster kills him yeah. yeah. Well, that's after the policeman shoots him in the head. Yes. Leaves him for dead. Yes. Yeah. So, so there is a correlation, yeah. definitely, between Fritz and the policeman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there is not, to my, I don't think there is a, a single character, that correlates to that in the book. He the, is tormented by tormentor. E everything. <laughs> I mean, nobody accepts him. He wanders around by himself. He's always alone. He. Uh, he spent some time in a cabin watching a French family, hmm. and there's like a sort of a respite in the in the book where he we learn the story of this French family, which is somewhat tragic, and then he falls in love with this family and he wants them. Oh, this there is a scene very similar to this in the 2015 version. Okay. So where where he meets the um the blind singer, the yeah. blind musician, Eddie. There, that is very similar to how he sort of tries to introduce himself to this family. So there's a blind man in the family. Uh, okay. The father of the family is blind. And then there's he has his two children, and his son has a lover. The children and the lover leave, and he's sort of been waiting for an opportunity to go to the blind man, who he knows won't be able to see him, okay. and introduce himself and sort of ingratiate himself so that he can be accepted into this family. Gotcha. He goes to the blind man, and they're doing fine, and then the family shows up, and they freak out. He's and a scary they run away, guy. and he ends up burning down their no. their house. Um, In the book, you're saying it is a French family. The setting is that in in the 1930s, Frankenstein took place in Germany. It seemed, or then, yes, Austria, it, well, or something. There's some interesting details about that. So I I wouldn't know this just by watching the movie, but from some of the stuff I read about it. Yeah. So basically, all the people, all the all the characters are dressed. In 1931, American garb. The, okay. the villagers appear to be in a German village. They're wearing Lederhosen and yeah. peasant dress. That's, and there's a Burgermaster. And they do have, so it's kind of a mixed message about when this is taking place and where it's taking place. Okay. They have modern things and they have, I think they have carts and stuff. You know, like they have cars mm -hmm. and telephones and then they have horse drawn carts and whatnot. You know, it's okay. just a mixture of stuff. Okay. Um, so, when is it supposed to take place? I don't know. Seems like a kind of a Germany place. Yeah. The book, I think, is more, um, it's like Switzerland or something. It's okay. not Germany. 2015 Frankenstein movie takes place in my hometown of Los Angeles. <laughs> Very clearly Los <laughs> yep. Angeles. You see the Hyperion Bridge, which is a famous uh, bridge in a lot of movies. You see mm -hmm. um, the L.A. River, uh, which is the 
location of where they shot Grease when they were doing the drag race as well. Yeah, or Terminator um, 2 where the semi-truck chases them down. Yep, you see downtown LA, I believe. Um, like. Yeah, it looked like downtown. And uh, just from the moment that the monster in the 2015 movie opens the door, I could tell this was Los Angeles. With the sun shining, it was the <laughs> yeah. tiled fountain, it was very... There's nothing dark and stormy in the 2015 Frankenstein. No. There's no castles there. I, it's very sunny. In the 2015, <laughs> can we talk about the 2015 movie now? Yeah, what do you think? We just any, do okay. whatever. All right, Let's so go for it. I really, my favorite part of the movie, the 2015 Frankenstein movie, was when he's interacting with Eddie and then he meets Eddie's friend, the prostitute. Yeah, Eddie is the blind musician that yes, we talked about. The yeah. blind musician, and he's got a friend, um, I forgot her In name. In fact, he, ma Wanda. he makes Wanda. two friends. He makes the dog. Mm -hmm. that, uh, earlier on, mm -hmm. he meets this dog in the woods. They get along famously. Yeah, the dog teaches him how to And then this policeman, probably the same one that shoots him in the head, I'm mm -hmm. guessing, kind of seems kills like the it. dog. Yes, it uh, was the same. The mm -hmm. dog, he finds the dog threatening. It's when he, it's when the monster throws the girl in the water and accidentally and then saves her yeah uh, but then everybody's freaking out mm -hmm. and the dog is there and he's barking and the policeman shoots him mm -hmm. shoots and the dog shoots the dog yes yeah. uh, and that makes the monster very unhappy yes and then he mashes one of those policemen to death oh yes he yes. kills one of them uh we did mention that the monster is like superhuman right he can run real fast yeah. people beat him with sticks and it doesn't do anything he gets shot in the head at some point similar mm -hmm. to the monster in the book and he doesn't die yeah they leave him for dead but it, he just yeah. wakes up and goes on about his business mm -hmm. and then later he meets eddie the blind musician who is his other friend mm -hmm. and they could they go around for quite a while together yeah what i loved in that movie in the 2015 frankenstein movie was um the monster adam was kind of learning about what learning about the good things of what it means to be human from a non-human form and kind of the lowest of what people would find as the lowest of society, which is a yeah. blind homeless man and a prostitute. And there is kind of where he learns about friendship, where he learns about love, where he learns about um, sensuality even, and just beauty. Yeah. It's, it's so cool that he can learn that from those folks, except when you put that against what he's learning from these rich scientists who abandon him and this policeman who's supposed to uphold the um, you know security and safety of people is just instead treating him like a piece of garbage. Um, I just really appreciated that part of the movie where he could learn good things from. Right, the it was as if I mean the the people that accepted him, that could accept him, the blind musician and the prostitute, his appearance and his inability to communicate were they yeah they, they recognize it but accepting of that yeah. Like, Kind of just let it didn't really rate to them. Whereas everyone else in the movie was a little over the top in terms of their cruelty. Yes. yes. I the twenty fifteen Frankenstein I have really mixed feelings about because there would be long stretches where I was really enjoying it, mm -hmm. and then sections where I either would not enjoy it or I thought it didn't make sense. Like, yes, exactly. The part with the villagers, as we oh, call right. them, seems yes. crazy. So, so there is a scene, so in, in both movies, this doesn't happen in the book, by the way. Okay, <laughs> there's in, no villagers so chasing them in the, the book. the 2015 movie really took pieces from both the movie and the book, it seemed like. 
And in the movie, Seems there right. is a the villagers all get together and they get their torches mm-hmm. and they chase mm-hmm. the monster and it's what ends up with the monster being dead. Yeah. In the 2015 version, the vill- after he kills the police, after he beats the policeman to death, they chase him down. They've got their pitchforks, hammers. Croquet mallet was one I noticed that just made me kind of crack that, up a little no bit. No weapons that made any sense. They chained him to a tractor, which is, where is this supposed to take place? Los like, Angeles, in the far <laughs> fields of Los yeah, Angeles. Big field. Victorville. <laughs> Did he just somehow happen to... He ran real far. And then I, they don't explain what they do after that either. They He just they, he wakes up in a police interrogation room, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that seems completely crazy right and they don't take him to a hospital he's completely messed up they don't take him to a hospital which you know they would do even if he had murdered someone right Mm -hmm. yeah Um, they would definitely get him medical treatment they don't do that they just they interrogate him they put him in a straight jacket obnoxiously as they can yes they notice that he has some mental incapacities and yet they don't well one of the two detectives knows the other one does not notice or care we we need to place it in the timeline of the movie at this point in his development he still can't speak Mm -hmm. he doesn't learn to speak until he gets with eddie he just Mm -hmm. repeats the last thing that people say to him he knows mom and dad those are the only words he knows yeah and potentially monster because then when they ask him what his name is he says it's he monster. says name monster oh, no, right he, he says name a bunch he does say name because they keep asking what his name is so that whole scene all the scenes in the police station unbelievable yes. yeah and i think to me the villager scene was where it went off the rails for the first time mm-hmm. because... that scene didn't even look like it was from that movie it was more like it was from a movie from the 70s where there were like zombies i don't know just yeah like that. The, it seemed all out of the monster whack. smushes a policeman for killing his dog. And and up to this point, and the movie does a pretty good job, the monster is kind of, is childlike, and he basically just repeats the actions he sees other people doing. So the police start beating him, and then he turns around and starts beating the police. He doesn't know his own strength, of course, so he's yeah. just kind of using the same type of force that they used on him, except he doesn't know that he's also super strong, and he can pummel and break bones. So he punches this policeman to death, and then the movie, he basically gets up and walks away. And then it cuts to, he's in a dirt field and like 20 just people with clubs. Villagers. Yeah, villagers. That's it's the a... problem with it. That was the problem I had. It was like, the director wants to take something from the move, from the 1930s version yeah. of his mm-hmm. story. And he's chosen to have villagers in, in a scene. But the scene doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Because he's in... LA. Modern day. Yeah. People call the police when they see violence. They don't get a croquet mallet and are like, let's get them. In the 1931 movie, there were already like villagers present. Well, in also, the movie. they organized the villagers. In the 31 yeah. movie, it made sense because mm-hmm. they said, hey, there's a monster let's on the loose. Find him. He's let's in the all, mountains. everybody in town come mm-hmm. together, get your torches. Let's form a militia. And, and then they form a plan mm-hmm. and they say, okay, you go up on the mountain and you go down in this direction. Yeah. In this movie, they just the villagers just appeared out of nowhere. I think that there were there were probably like in the 2015 movie there were probably like five passersby, standers by watching the monster punch this cop to death, and then the scene kind of immediately cuts to like 20 people just beating him up in a field with their weapons. What was weird about them was their costuming. It was yeah. like they were just wearing their clothes. Yeah. They, like like t-shirts the, and right, like jeans and stuff. One of the guys was wearing, and I noticed it because it was so out of place. It was a, I think he was a, an African-American man wearing a sweater vest. with yeah. Like a wool sweater vest with big color stripes across it. It's like, 
That's my I, beaten monster outfit. I don't understand <laughs> where this is happening or where these people how came did, from. Yeah. Where did they did they all run home to their garages and grab their and how did they follow the monster? Where how did they find him? It, it was, just makes no sense. Yes, it, was it was nonsense. Unclear. And then it just cuts to now they're in a police station and he's arrested. And that makes no sense either because it's like, how did he get there? Who called the police? And why did didn't he... they get him any medical treatment? So this movie, yeah. to me, like, would be really good for a while and then just drop off a cliff or I'd just totally lose. Mm-hmm. And then you'd pick it up again and it would be cool. I had a real hard time watching the beginning of the 2015 movie. Me which too. is the part where he was, where he is created... Is it the, was it the gore and tormenting that was hard, or just bad movies? It was the gore, I think. Okay. And uh, it was the kind of gore that it was. So he, they bring this monster to life. He's naked and beautiful. Yeah. And then they immediately, like, start shooting needles into his neck and just... Testing him, I guess. It's not really clear. And then he gets a wound, and then he starts, his body starts to deteriorate. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But all the while, they're like, they're, they are basically torturing him. So they, maybe they are the Fritz of this movie. I mean, it's not made very, it's also never made at all clear what the purpose of Frankenstein is in the 2015 Frankenstein. They create him through some sort of printing mechanism, which you see later. He's created, they almost immediately are like, oh, this was a goof up. He has cellular deteriorate, deterioration. He's in a lot of pain. We've got to put him out of his misery, and which the, they and attempt. the mom is saying, no, we shouldn't do that. He's yeah, that's, a sentient being. that's cruel. Let's not do this. But they do it anyways. They try. Yeah, they try to kill him. It doesn't work, and he escapes. This is why, as the movie goes on, he becomes grosser, and his body deteriorates. He's super strong and super fast, and they, I think, comply, imply, like, Oh, he's going to be a soldier, or we're making these guys They for do say, they say combat. he's the future of mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. But... It also seems like this is in the basement of some people's houses, so it's really unclear, like, are they private scientists? Is this the government? She said, she described herself as a medical researcher. Yeah. She said something researcher. She's like, oh, I'm not a doctor. I'm a researcher. Except now one question, again, about the 2015 movie is, if the laboratory is in the bottom of hers and her husband's house, why does she need a badge? I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, there are some... And there are structure of this movie there's some holes and she's not i mean there are other doctors in the beginning scenes and like other people working in this lab not just the frankensteins there are other scientists so this is clearly a place where a bunch of people work but it's the basement of their house it's Mm -hmm. some crazy high-tech lab it's like a a little piece of like a captain america movie kind of spliced into this monster movie Uh, which is just weird and hard to follow at parts yeah it's Here's hard. something I did very much like about the movie, which I still think is the director paying homage to the 31 movie. <laughs> Probably. At, at the beginning, everything just sort of has a green cast. Mm-hmm. And it, I was trying yeah. to figure out if that was on purpose. The walls are green, so I thought, okay, maybe it all has a green cast because because the walls are green and that's accidental. There's the dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, baby. Um, but it, I, I think it was a choice that they made. And then I think later, so. when the, um, when Eddie gives the monster some clothes, he asks him, he gives him a question. Like he says, part. "Is this red?" Because mm-hmm. Eddie's blind, so he can't see it. And the monster, and the monster who repeats everything. Red, but it's not red; it's green. And mm-hmm. so he proceeds. Mm-hmm. And even the big coat was green. Mm-hmm. It looked black at first, but it wasn't. It was actually a dark, dark green color. So mm-hmm. they were intentionally making the monster green, mm-hmm. which I appreciated. And then all the scientists were white. And even when they, towards the end, uh, when he goes to see his parents, they're both wearing, their room is completely white, mm-hmm. their clothes yeah. are white. 
They're wearing like white robes and white yeah. Kind of sleep clothes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that 2015, there were elements of it I liked. I actually liked the goopy goriness of the scenes early on, although that is horrifying yeah, for a scary movie. I was like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm on board yeah, for this. Yeah, there was a lot of blood. When he mm-hmm. left, when he escapes, he's completely covered in blood. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, when he wakes up, they are the, they think he's died, and, and two, take, I don't two know, scientists. some scientists are like, well, we're going to have to take his eyes out because they're great. Oh, well, it'll be easier if we chop, we take his brain out first and then we scoop his eyes out because that'll be easier. So they start cutting into his head with a saw and he wakes up and kills one of the scientists who starts stabbing him with a scalpel and then grabs the saw and starts sawing a chunk of the other guy's head open. The guy that was sawing his head. Yes, and he succeeds. A big chunk of his head pops open and they he touches his brain. I love that scene because... The doctor who this monster killed in the 2015 movie, the doctor who this monster kills with the, um, I don't know, little microcircular saw, I don't yeah. know what you call it, surgical saw. Um, his dying words are def- are just like an adoration and an admiration of this monster's who's monster who's killing him. So I just thought that was so intense that while a monster is literally poking at your brain because the monster like exposed his brain with yeah. his surgical tool this guy's giving this i don't know yeah he says he's beautiful yeah i mean it's that's so, so cool I, I weird agree. I, those it's are the parts scene. of the movie that i think really worked like, and all the, the actors were good all the acting yeah. was good uh, it was just the story the things that happened were nonsensical sometimes yeah yeah i think that that's true and i would also say in the 2015 movie as a whole i had a very hard time pulling out the theme it seemed to change as the movie went or like what was being expressed because by the end it seems like he you know he's exclaiming oh my name's adam like he's found his his maybe his personhood or his sentience but early in the movie there's other stuff about you know, that he's a soldier or right. that there's mm-hmm. science and gone awry. There's other Frankenstein. There are concepts from other Frankenstein stories early on that get abandoned for a different story at the end. And so it did not really hang together for me. I think I would disagree because I think that's the background story. That's like the creator's story for this monster is that he might be a soldier. Or he might be mm-hmm. like this futuristic creation. But that runs parallel to the monster's own story, like, um, of him trying to understand himself and his identity and what his, like, his place in the world is. And so, even though in the beginning it kind of starts off that he's this creation that's made to be some sort of, I don't know, futuristic soldier, as soon as he leaves that house where he was created then the story of his identity takes over. Right, but in the, in the, when you're constructing a story, if you make something too important, then the person who's paying attention to that story, their, their brain keeps trying to make that uh, thing, close that thing off, right? I see. So if you, if you make these statements like, we have this, all this technology, and we're creating this person who is super strong and super fast, the the person observing that story is going to go, well, why are you doing that? 
Mm -hmm. I assume they're going to answer that question at some point. I'll just keep going along until they answer it, but they never answered it. So that's for some true. people, that's like this open, this thing that they should have closed off, but did not. Yeah, I think that was the thing I ran into. And, and the one story thread that runs throughout all the way, almost up to the very end, but I don't think closes down, is he early on has this dream where he's with his dog and his mom, kind of showing what he wants out of life. But what he wants out of life in that dream and his connection to Elizabeth is not as clearly tied to his pers his individuality. Those two things, to me, kind of came close to tying up at the end and then didn't. Because what, you know, his mom gives him his name, but beyond that, like, I didn't see those two storylines or those two themes tying up. It seemed like there's maybe a scene missing that kind of made that all work at the end for me. I have to stop for a minute and get that dog to stop <laughs> <Okay>. working. <laughs> that's too much. Uh, I thought she would stop, but she has not stopped. I'm going to get a little more beer. I'm going to get a little bit more water. Stay here. Just put her on the couch. Stay there. Yeah, stay there, dog. Little dog. Little dog, little dog. You gotta be a sleepy dog. Alright, sorry. That's very distracting. It's okay. We, we edit this out. Little break. Mimi, say. Mimi's in the room. Mimi yeah, dog. My ears, now you will have heard the dog bark for like 10 minutes, and now you may hear her walking around. Clicking. She'll, she'll we'll figure something lay down out. eventually. Well, anyway, so where were we? Uh, <laughs> we were, were talking about the 2015... And how themes. some storylines didn't completely tie up. Yeah, no. I, I think ultimately what we're saying, it wasn't a great movie. No, it was yeah. not. No. <laughs> Although you fell asleep during the 1931 movie. I totally did. So there's an issue with that. I fell asleep because I had a very full lunch at the Olive Garden with one of my <laughs> best friends, Anastasia Kidniz. Shout out. Uh, so I ate a, a really heavy lunch today and then I fell asleep. And then I woke up and then I enjoyed the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, Olive Garden, <laughs> send us gift cards. Please. We won't promote you. <laughs> I will also say, oh, we didn't talk about the cocktail, which we need to do. Oh, we, we do. I, I had a question for you guys about both these movies. What were your favorite scenes in both these movies? Well, what I was just going to say, actually, is that we were all super enjoying the beginning of the 1931 movie. Yes. Right? It, there was a point, I, I don't know how long it lasted, but we were super enjoying it, and then it kind of slowed down. It slowed down significantly. Which and, uh, was kind of the problem we had with the 1920s movie, that there were some real super slow spots mm -hmm. that yeah. were hard to keep your focus on. Mm -hmm. um, I really liked the 1931 movie. If I had to pick which of those two movies to watch, probably would have been the 1931 Agreed. Movie. That was a way better movie. I would. I disagree. I'd say 2015 what? one. I think the 2015 one is easier to stay engaged with yeah just because there's a bunch of you know there's, there's a bunch stuff. of there's shooting gooeys. and mm -hmm. gooey yeah. stuff and a guy with his you know needles in the neck and whatever mm -hmm. but between the two movies in terms of interest i was more interested in the other one but that may just be because i did a lot of reading about it beforehand <laughs> so like for example i'm looking at it i'm looking at boris karloff who is not actually even in the credits He's Boris... in the final, he's in the closing credits. Oh, was he? Okay. He's just not in the opening, he's question mark in the opening credits. So, Boris Karloff, um, for that movie, originally Bela Lugosi was cast. And they did a bunch of screen tests with him, and he didn't want to be in it because the monster didn't have any lines. Mm -hmm. And the 
movie was originally going to be directed by somebody whose name I can't remember, but then they, uh, James Whale, I believe is the name of the director of that movie. I'm just going to make a blank face. <laughs> James Whale. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> who it had just who had directed Colin Clive in another movie previous to that, a war movie, which was very well received. And they said, well, you can do any movie you want. And so he he took Frankenstein from another director. Oh, no. And Bella Lugosi didn't want to be the monster because the monster didn't have any lines. Mm-hmm. And I think it was James Whale um, saw Car- Boris Karloff like eating lunch or something in the cafeteria. Seems like the IMDb trivia note, I saw. Passed him a note that said, hey, you like you a ghost monster. Frankenstein in my movie? Um, and up to that point, Boris Karloff had played like second mobster or whatever, you know, <laughs> small roles. Yeah. He had, um, he had, you know, he didn't, wasn't getting enough work to actually be making a living as an actor at that point. Mm, okay. And he became so famous from this movie that he had a very long career after that. Right. And, um... People, I mean, kids today, you kids, mm-hmm. uh, millennials, would recognize him from How the Grinch Stole Christmas because he's the voice of the Grinch. No, is he the narrator? He's both. He's the narrator and the voice of the Grinch. I don't. And, yeah. deep, How mm-hmm. the Grinch Stole Christmas, but he doesn't speak in this movie, so you would never know that. He also, yeah. he did a lot of he radio. Goes, yeah, I like. He him. also did not want the monster to speak. So in the second movie, The Bride of Frankenstein, the monster says a few things, and he was very against that. He wanted the monster to stay. Does he seem putting on the Ritz in the second movie? When does that come in? Uh. I liked, in the 1931 Frankenstein, I liked the camera work. Mm-hmm. I really oh, enjoyed... Oh, the shadows. Yes, the shadows were incredible. It really heightened the kind of scary features in the movie. Um, I really liked the camera work of when um, Dr. Frankenstein is subjecting the monster to the lightning and the camera's um, showing... This table being elevated through a series, I don't know, some levers. It's being mm-hmm. pulled up to the sky to, uh, I don't know, uh, be imbued with it's, it's light. It's not actually very clear in the movie no, what's happening. but you can see the camera, like, angle yeah. up, angle down. You, um, The camera work, again, was very cool when Fritz was climbing down the rope ladder and it was this uninterrupted shot of this hunchback just climbing down this long knotty rope ladder and i just thought that was so cool i love the set of the 1931 i'd agree with that for sure the village was beautiful the even the um the painted skies for the background and the crafted cliffs um were beautiful the wind the stone windmill and the wooden windmill were gorgeous the costumes of course were incredible these um, yeah, the, the wedding dress was the beautiful. The wedding dress, oh my god, my jaw dropped. My dad was like, that is a beautiful dress when we saw it. Um, just gorgeous. It was so, the train was so long that when she walked into the room, it didn't actually go so into it's the in room another scene. Yes. It oh. was in the hallway. It's just this gauzy veil. It was over, very 20s. Yeah, too. it's got a tight head and this gauzy veil just flowing. Oh, it was just a beautiful, the outfits in the 1931, uh, the costumes, um, the coat that the friend Victor was wearing for the wedding day was just perfectly tailored. I just have, I just, I really enjoy the 1931 movie a lot better, even though I fell asleep, but that's because of Olive Garden, not because it was a bad movie. So for me, the 1930s version was a better movie. The costumes and the scenery were amazing. And that shouldn't be a surprise because that costumes are iconic. Um, mm-hmm. I looked through the IMDb trivia page for this movie while we were watching it, and 
you know, having not read the book, I didn't realize they don't describe much about the monster or about the process by which he's brought back to life. So all of that is from this movie. The the Frankenstein you're familiar with is from this movie. Yep. Uh, I saw on their trivia mm-hmm. page, Universal Studios has a copyright on that monster makeup till like 2021. That's so cool. Uh, so that is still their their baby. Uh, but for me, the story of that was everything I was already familiar with. I think it's great. If you wanted to see something that looks really cool from the 1930s, this would be good. The thing I liked about the 2015 movie, although it was not a good movie, was there were several times when watching it where I had no idea what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Because the story That's keeps true. taking left turns, and now I'm like... I don't know what Frankenstein's monster is going to do next. I don't know where he's going to go. I His character is not the character I'm familiar with. And there were some goopy, gross monster movie effects that I enjoyed and could recommend this as a... I could recommend this as a scary movie to watch. The monster's naked body in the 2015 movie was so horrifying and grotesque. It was perfect. Um, costume makeup that you don't really see too much. It was kind in... of like the fly, actually. He was kind of deteriorating in the way that a little bit, yeah, um... or or Deadpool kind of like yeah. just a scabby, gross yeah. mess. And it just looked, you know, in the in modern movies they rely so much on CGI. Mm-hmm. There's not there's there are movies out there that they pay attention to detail with the costumes and the makeup, but this monster in the 2015 movie was just so beautifully. Ugly. It was just so like every detail was um, was so grotesque, and, and he did deteriorate. He did. Mm-hmm. He deteriorated yes. at a really good pace. Yes, right. Like mm-hmm. he started out, he really was beautiful mm-hmm. in the opening scene, mm-hmm. and immediately started to and he very one, gradually one little spot at a time until there's a scene where he's trying to hide half of his face because he knows he's it's still gross. not really. Yeah. He really doesn't know what's going on, but he knows there's a problem mm-hmm. if he has these problems on his skin Mm -hmm. and so they're looking at like two spots on one side of his face and he won't turn his head and then they turn his head and that's the whole side of his face is Mm -hmm. messed up one thing i liked in this movie in the 2015 frankenstein that i actually think would make would be a better movie is he's deteriorating with this horrible skin condition but also throughout the movie he's deteriorating because people keep beating the crap out of him and shooting him and these wounds maintain i think it would have actually been better if he was a beautiful creature and he accumulated Gray. these. But Dorian Gray is pretty all the way through till the end, right? Yes. I would think it would be interesting if Frankenstein accumulated the physical wounds throughout this movie. Like, he didn't He didn't have to physically deteriorate cellular oh, whatever. So you mean like the bullet hole in his hand? Because he's getting like... his hand... I mean, he's getting saws put to him from like five minutes into this movie and injections. That would be interesting he's, to reflect the cruelty yeah. that he's experienced. Yeah, he's getting the crap right. beat out of him by these policemen. And but just... logically, the only reason that they abandon him is because he's deteriorating. Right. So you'd have to find a different reason for that. I think that the reason is he's not, he's a little child. I mean, he's not a super soldier. That made no sense <laughs> as a premise. He's a little baby from the get-go. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that part was gross, by the yes, way. Yes, he's a little baby There was some man. baby stuff that happened... With a bottle and things. Yeah. That was gross. Yeah, it just was unsettling. Um, I yeah. One thing I thought was, um, I don't know, one thing I thought about was, I wonder why there was this idea to have um, this husband and wife 
hair in the 2015 movie. Um, the original movie, the 1931 movie, there was not really this um, paternalistic theme going on. Like yeah, the monster really. did not look at his at Dr. Frankenstein like his father. In this movie, the 2015 movie, the monster viewed his creator, Elizabeth, as his mother, and um, Victor Frankenstein as his father, a cruel father. Yeah. Uh, I just wonder, like, what what was there in the what was or wasn't there in the 1931 version that made that didn't have this like yeah. child and parent theme, and why in 2015 there was this child and parent theme? Well, I think part of it is looking at how they did the monster story, like I said, I think they drew from both the 1931 version of that movie and mm -hmm. from the book. Because mm -hmm. some of the things that happened to the monster in the 2015 version were closer to what happened to the monster in the book. Oh, okay. So there was like a like a parent-child... more of a blending... Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Did, yeah. Did the mom stuff come up in the book, or was that for the 2015 movie? It did not. Um, I have some... I. I didn't have time to really look into this, but there are a lot of people who think that the that Frankenstein has some sort of feminist because of Mary Shelley's background, mm -hmm. and you know that she was living this roguish life, living with her lover and their baby in the 1800s, mm -hmm. which was pretty not pretty not the yeah, norm. That was not, and her mother also was that way. Um, people try to apply a feminist spin to the novel. I read it, and. That I didn't get that, and maybe sure. I just don't. I don't, you know. Maybe I just missed something. I don't know. You, I feel like you probably catch it if it was. <laughs> the, there are two female characters in the book. There is Elizabeth, who is Victor's, uh, Victor's espoused, but they've lived together as children. They they've grown up together. Mm. She was adopted mm -hmm. into their family as a child. Okay. Um, but it's always been assumed that they would marry, and they love each other and i'm mm -hmm. making air quotes because <laughs> there's no reason why they would love each other but there's no uh, yeah. but elizabeth respects him very much and is very excited to marry him sure the that other like female the character version. oh and also the monster threatens to kill her on their threatens that he will be there on their wedding day mm -hmm. he does not specify what's going to happen uh victor assumes that the monster is going to kill him he actually kills elizabeth mm. um the other female character is very similar to Elizabeth. She's sort of adopted into their family, but she's of a lower class, so she's more of a nanny or something. Okay. She, uh, the very first person that the monster kills is a child. It's Victor's youngest brother, who is probably about five years old oh, at no. the time. Okay. So there is a child element to it that they sure. bring into the Does movie. he throw him into the water? He doesn't. He just strangles him. Okay. Fair <laughs> but enough. then he frames this other woman who is like their their beloved nanny. Mm -mm. He frames her by putting a locket that the young brother had in her pocket. And she, meanwhile, she was out like looking for William. William is the name of the brother. Mm -hmm. She's out looking for William. She gets tired. She takes a nap in a barn. The monster <laughs> discovers do. her. He thinks, Oh, you're so wonderful and beautiful and I wish I wish I could have a mate. I'm very lonely. A bride, a and then he gets angry because he can't have any of those things. And yeah. he takes this locket and he puts it in her pocket. So she is later executed for the murder oh, of no. the small okay. boy. Those are the two women. That's it. Those are the only ones. Ah, uh, feminist one, tale. Basically a martyr. And the other one who is just like, yes, I'll get it. You're the kid I grew up with and I'm going to marry you. And that sounds like a good idea. I love you very, I love and respect you very much. 
And that's just, that doesn't sound like a feminist. <laughs> no, not the way you're me. telling it. Aside from that, and they are pretty trivial characters from my perspective, it's all about Victor. Victor is the largest part of that story. And then the monster is his tormentor. Maybe it's a feminist uh, story because it shows how idiotic men can yeah, be how shitty they and are. how egoistic they can be and how it's like a cautionary tale about, hey, men of the world, don't try and act like God because guess what? You'll just hurt the people in your life and cause drama and, and death and tragedy if you do this. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, it's just me guessing. I could see that in the 1930s version where Victor has his fiance, who is madly and I guess madly in love with him, is trying to marry him. And she he... does a better job of feel, seeming madly in love with her betrothed than in Jekyll and Hyde. Sure, but th- <laughs> I mean, Victor Frankenstein shows no interest in her. He's a clearly just like in Jekyll and Hyde. Yes, yeah. he's clearly, but he's clearly also mentally ill. Like he is crazy right. and he's bipolar like, go away i'm working on my masterpiece who's just killing people and up till the end of the movie she's in, in love with him and i assume they get married You're, they don't show any part of their relationship before the movie starts so you don't know why they know each other or and she you... like there's a scene where her and victor the the friend uh are like oh actually we're in love with each other or... No, the friend the friend implies he's in love with Liz. Yeah, and so she's she, and she says, turns oh, her back so on him immediately. Fond, fond of you, yeah. and he's like, "Oh, I wish you were." And then, but she says something like, "I wish I was as I wish I was uh, not as fond of you as I am." And then he's like, "Oh, okay," and then she shoes him yeah. away. Right, but there's not any point to that. No, there's no point <laughs> to that. But I think that that that's also the only romantic scene in that movie. That's I mean, true. she never well, has that no. conversation with Victor. Yeah, she does. When he, uh, later, after the, after he thinks the monster's dead, I think, there's a point where he leaves the professor with the monster. <laughs> yeah. The professor's going to give the monster a lethal injection, <laughs> which doesn't turn out very well because the monster kills him instead. Yeah. Uh, and then Victor, like, spends a few weeks or a few days. It's hard to tell. It's very hard to tell. Not Victor, I'm sorry. Henry. Yes. Henry The doctor. Time. Spend some time with his betrothed before they get married, and they're sitting around, and they're having a conversation. They seem to be affectionate with each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's just weird. I must have been asleep during that time. (laughs) I just remember the one part where uh, Dr. Frankenstein is now, like, now that he knows that the monster's on the loose, he goes and chases after the monster, and he tells his friend, hey, I entrust Elizabeth to you. (laughs) Yeah. That means I entrust her to you. Right. Which I think yeah. we're supposed to understand if something happens to me, then you should then marry you're fine. her. You can we already it. have the yeah. wedding lined up. It'd be yeah, hard. Just, just take my tux. It, brother. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I uh, A feminist tale. <laughs> I did not appreciate it. There was In the movie, there was definitely not really a feminist no. theme no. from not the beginning all. to the end because the... The um, Vic, uh, Dr. Frankenstein's betrothed was like, I can't understand this letter. Help me read this oh, yeah. letter. Yes. And then she gets locked in this room. Like, you know, she's um, her, her husband-to-be locks her in this room. This monster comes and, like, intrudes upon her in this room. She's, she's attacked she has, in some way. She has no ally here. She's just the, she is the only woman in the movie, mm-hmm. too. 
Um, whereas in the 2015 movie, there are two women that are significant, his mother and the prostitute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, all, all the roles a woman can take. <laughs> yeah, know. so it's, there's, there's really no, I don't know, there's not there's really no, a right. feminist takeaway, except for if you we want to view it as a cautionary tale to men everywhere, which is like, <laughs> don't be a jerk, don't be... Don't play God. Yeah. Don't play God, because it's just going to be a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, That's weird. Yeah. There's definitely no feminism in the... In the 2015 version, other than one of the scientists is a lady, but she's not even the main. She's they keep she's saying not the that main Victor is the one. She's who the emotional scientist, right? Mm-hmm. She's the mommy. Yeah, it's, yeah. that's um, no good. I did from both from I think especially from the 2015 movie. I really did enjoy the theme of personal identity and how that gets developed throughout exposure um, in the world. You know, you just, while, while you're traveling through this world and you're finding out about humanity, all of these extra forces, all of these external forces are, are forming your idea of what the world is like and what you are and your place in the world. That's the thing that I think, I mean, and that is what happens in the book as well. Mm-hmm. And that's, the, that's what I think that book is about. And that's what I think, the, not the 1931 version mm-hmm, of the mm-hmm. movie is about, but that's why I think the 2015 version movie of the book is hearkening back, a movie, <coughs> whoa, is hearkening back to the book more. Yeah. And it is, I mean, because you, the all the monster story, it's the most interesting part of the book, mm-hmm. is where he's talking about, well, this happened, you know, I came into the world, I didn't have any expectations, uh, my senses didn't even work right, but I eventually got those sorted out. I was thirsty, I drank, that was good. There's this one scene where he's walking through the woods and he's like, everything is beautiful. I feel great. This Everything's spectacular. Look at this beautiful forest. Mm-hmm. And, and then immediately after that is the scene where he saves the girl from the river and somebody tries to shoot him. Right. Mm-hmm. So it is the same sort of, society hates me for no reason. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I, didn't, I didn't want to be here. I just, somebody made me exist and now I am hated and alone. That's like totally the tale of existence though i didn't ask to be here my i didn't have any say in whether my parents brought me into this world and yet here i am struggling through trying to survive this crazy world that we live in i shouldn't say crazy i should just say this really intense learning experience like throughout our lives i think that's a good story i think that's a good concept for a story and i think where the 20 if the 2015 movie had focused on that more exclusively Mm -hmm. that would have been a better movie you would think that it would have done a better job at that because throughout the movie from start to end he's narrate the monster is narrating his experiences through this whole life he's living but it's just not a good movie i did have i had a specific question i wanted to ask before i asked that question (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna Rewind. I agree with what you're saying, and I think the 1931 movie totally ignored that part. Mm-hmm. It did not do any development of the monster, mm-hmm. yeah, which is not at all. which is too bad. Mm-hmm. Now here's my question: How did you feel about the 1931 monster, and how did you feel about the 2015 monster? Okay. So for the 1931 monster, there are Boris Karloff definitely wanted us to feel sympathy for that monster, and he did various things. You, you know this from things that he's written about the character. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like that scene where they, they let him see the sun. He sees the sun. He really wants it. And, and then they it. close the window mm-hmm. and say, sit down. Mm-hmm. And he goes, he, like, is imploring his father, Victor Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Why, why, oh, I'm sorry, Henry Frankenstein. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's imploring his father, you know, I, where's the sun or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
um, you're meant to have some sympathy for him. Yeah. I felt some sympathy for the monster in the 1931 movie, um, especially that scene where he's playing with the young girl and it, it's just a game of seeing whether the flowers float in the water and I, you know, he's appreciating this beautiful thing, the flower, he's appreciating this beautiful thing, the girl, they're both like these young, fresh, you know, just pleasant things yeah. and he thinks that just like the flower is young and fresh and beautiful and it floats in the water maybe so too will this girl and i think he looked like you know i feel sympathy for the monster because that started out as such an innocent interaction like oh, oh it's the first time you see him smile too yeah he's smiling yeah. and there's you know there's warmth and there's sunshine i felt sympathy for him when fritz was tormenting him mm -hmm. i felt sympathy for him when um when he was in the windmill and all these villagers are setting fire to the windmill and he's just trying to escape. It kind of seems like, you know, why, like the monster, if he could say something, would say like, why is this happening to me? Like, what did I do? What hap like, what wrong did I do? Because this monster didn't, he didn't learn right and wrong. No one taught him what right and wrong was. It was through trial and error that he kind of stumbled upon what right and wrong mm -hmm. was. Yeah. Um, and, and, I, and you know, it all started for that monster. He was, he had not actually taken any action to be afraid of until Fritz threatened him with mm -hmm. the torch. Yeah, first Fritz time. just torments him from minute one. I was going to say, the other thing that makes that scene in the 1930s Frankenstein where he is playing with the girl and throws her in sympathetic is he throws her in and she starts drowning and he's immediately horrified. And he like, runs away. He doesn't know what to do, but he immediately realizes, oh no, I've done something terribly wrong mm -hmm. and runs away. I mean, they're basically both children. He's just a right. really big, strong child. Right. I think I felt sympathy for the monster, too, in the 2015 version. But maybe even, maybe less. I don't know. I think I, so for me, too. I think I felt less sympathy. Um, one, I thought the narration was kind of cheesy. It definitely <laughs> yes. sounded like... Uh, some emo philosophy major and a freshman philosophy course, which well, I knew a lot of. One of the problems with the narration was we knew exactly where in his development that monster was, and he couldn't have said those words. Mm -hmm. Even yeah. at the end. That was he, where I got confused by that, too. Right. So he there's his... Even at the end, he's still doing that narration. He's still reading from the book, and he's got his mother on the funeral pile. Mm-hmm. Funeral pile. So he says funeral pile in the movie. And maybe so. that's what he says in the book as well. But anyway, he, you know, he's burning to death mm -hmm, and he's mm -hmm. reading that narration, but he couldn't have read that narration at no. that point in his development. I, he couldn't speak that way. I expected in the 2015 Frankenstein, because he is so well-spoken in his narration and so incapable in his speech, that at some point we would cut and it'd be like five years later and yeah. he has become an adult and he's narrating his birth, right. but he but, doesn't. No, he kills himself at the end of the movie. So it, again, another plot hole. It, like, it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. And, um, I think I just have less sympathy for the 2015 monster uh, because, I don't know. I, I, I actually don't. I, I had a lot of sympathy for the 2015 monster because basically he, I, he is tortured more than the 1931 guy. He has less support initially they basically, he wakes up, well, he's got his mom See, I for changed, a little while. I agree with Karen, because for me, the 1930s monster 
He's tormented from moment one, and he is childlike almost consistently throughout the movie. Right. He he never, said maybe towards the end. He doesn't. He doesn't grow. Well, the one thing the, that he does do is he knows who's to blame. And yes. by the end, mm-hmm. he and, intentionally tries to kill Doctor Frankenstein. And in the twenty, the thing that made the twenty fifteen Frankenstein's monster less sympathetic to me is for the majority of the film, maybe the first like two thirds. He's, he's actually not even really childlike. He mostly just repeats what people do to him. People are cruel to him, and he doesn't even seem to be inflicting pain on them intentionally. He just turns around. He's basically almost a robot. People do bad things to him. He turns around and does bad things back to them. He eventually starts to feel bad about it by the end of the movie, but even early on he does not. Yeah. Because uh, I think up until he basically kills the prostitute, Wanda, but he, he, he does some cruel things. He, he mashes some people up, but he barely even knows what he's doing. But so it's the scene where he kills the prostitute. He kills her accidentally. That is the scene similar to when the 31 Frankenstein throws the girl in the water. Yeah. He kills her. He knows he's killed her. It's like the first time he actually realizes that he did something Right. And to me, because that's so much later in his development, I'm less sympathetic to the 2015 monster. I think one thing that makes me so sympathetic to the 2015 monster is that scene where his mother, his creator, uh comes and and sees him in the police station and uh, she denies having ever created him um, she she's pretty much saying no you're not mine and all the while he's just in pursuit of this woman his mom that's like the only thing that he can hold on to that's the only thing that like anchors well it's him. his first and only experience of love and pleasure mm-hmm. can so. I also jump in here and say that scene made no sense to me after the movie was over he gets arrested for killing a police officer and she shows up to because she has he has her id badge and she basically is like i don't know see ya yeah and, and the, the police, police are like okay so like what let's why put him back in the paramedics van and then the police kill him right that try also to kill made him. a little that did not but make sense like, no it didn't make any sense like they what, s- what was what were, okay so they arrest a man for murdering murder a, policeman. a mentally disabled man at least potentially yeah they don't know what his problem is but, but yeah, there's something going on definitely. like he got mental he issues he can't even speak yeah then they put him in a van and take him to under a bridge and shoot him so yeah. what about the paperwork? I thought in my <laughs> I mean, head I was I was thinking that they were maybe transporting him to a hospital. Yeah, they're in an ambulance. But then it was just cops in the ambulance van with him and then they just beat him up and leave him for dead. They shoot him in the head, they leave him for dead, and yeah, there's nothing there's right. nothing well, that, well it doesn't yeah, all even, policeman stuff did not Even sense. before that, the the part that really confused me was they've arrested him for murder. He has this ID badge from his mom. But they can't have arrested they, him because if they arrested him, there's procedures. Well, that... okay, they've 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 captured him. <laughs> they captured mm-hmm. him. Uh, the mom that Elizabeth Frankenstein comes in and says, "I don't know who this is. I don't I don't know why he has my ID badge." She doesn't even say, "I don't know why he has his ID badge." But he basically says, "I don't know." They let her go. I, early when that happened in the movie, I'm like, "Oh, because this is like a secret government agency, and they're trying to deny all responsibility." But they don't. He shows up later at their house. They do some stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, 
you'd think I was waiting for this because this is early right. in the movie. Like, well, oh, also, the Black Panthers show up. They never try to find him either. Yeah, yeah. Like that part doesn't line up with what we know about her. And I was waiting for it to be like, oh, this is some secret project they can't Maybe? know about him. Yeah. So it's just another one of those. You opened up a. There's you a opened pot. up a line of questioning that you didn't finish. I mean, right. they've in in the the world of this movie, those two scientists, whoever they are, are creating soldiers out of a 3D printing well, machine. You know, or, or people. You keep, a... Yeah, you keep saying soldiers. They never use that word. Sure, no. they, they're making super strong people out of a 3D printing machine, but when one of them shows up in a police station having killed a man, they're like, well, see ya. Possible deniability, I guess. But, but why? Really. <laughs> they don't even try to pick him up later. They don't, like, right. they, they don't, don't care. They, they don't see him as proof of wrongdoing i guess they're just like just get it she was life. didn't even seem surprised that the guy that they thought well they thought they were putting him down he kills a bunch of the doctors and escapes and they escapes must be aware of security that. guards and dogs chase him and then just like maybe what? we don't feel sympathetic for the 2015 monster because of the <laughs> because awful it makes movie sense. and the yeah. terrible plot holes I mean, maybe we would feel more sympathy no, I think that's for it. that monster. I mean, I, I did feel some sympathy Me too. for him, but I it did. was a less coherent story, Yeah. so it is harder to sort of hang on to that. Yeah. Yeah, that is, I think, where why I was less sympathetic is it's less clear what he knows and what's going on for him, and it's less clear what his, what he, who and what he is. Mm-hmm. I will say... About one thing I liked, and it's a little bit of a spoiler, that goopy part at the end where he sees the 3D printed half-finished version of himself, and they're like, this is going to be you, don't worry about it. And he yanks the, <laughs> he starts grabbing the body by the brain and just gooping everywhere. I was like, this is great. This yeah. is what I want to see in this movie. And it is kind of, okay, so I'm going to bring another Frankenstein into the conversation although we should probably be winding down yes yes but i wanted to talk about the frankenstein from penny dreadful which you have been watching i've seen a few episodes i I saw part of one i don't think you've seen the one with frankenstein it was quite gory and i (laughs) said wow i can't handle this right now i just ate dinner which one did you see Karen and I, I think, watched the the first episode together, and I watched a couple past. Don't remember what happens in that one. They go into Frankenstein is great in that show. Yes, I know that much. Much more similar to the book, but he does do what you just described. Oh, but you haven't seen that. I have seen the part where he rips the other Frankenstein up to chunks. Right. So basically, you made another Frankenstein. No, you didn't. Yeah, too bad. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Oh, but that Frankenstein is literate. He enjoys books much like the monster in the book. He's He's a little closer. That is a pretty great. I I heartily endorse that. That penny that dreadful. Yes. Well, when we get to talking about whether we recommend this movie or not, I let's have a get different. There now. Yeah, okay, because you want to talk about the cocktail too. Let's do that. We'll okay. do that at the end. Do you mind if I start? No. Nope. I would nope. say I don't recommend either of these movies unless you want to see a nineteen. Unless you want to watch the nineteen thirties Frankenstein to see where Frankenstein came from. In which case, it's kind of it's entertaining and it looks great. The modern twenty fifteen Frankenstein, there's some cool gory stuff on it. If it was like free and you had nothing better to do and want to watch a scary movie, but what <laughs> I would say is watch Ex Machina because that is exactly a Frankenstein movie. It makes a lot more sense and it's a really good movie. And I think it was also from twenty fifteen. It was similar. Yeah, it was around that same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I, I'm going to say something somewhat similar. Go ahead. Um, I 
I did enjoy watching the 1931 movie, but that was because I did a lot of reading and research <laughs> in advance. You had some interest already. I also want to see The Bride of Frankenstein for the same reason. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I want to see Son of Frankenstein, I think is the third one. And part of the reason I want to do that is to put all the puzzles pieces together for <laughs> so you can young see Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Right? Yeah. So that's... that. I, I think there's some good reasons to do that. But sure. they are a little boring. Because the pacing is not what we're used to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, There's no... If you want to watch women or people of color act, this is not a good way no. to do that. Neither of the movies. <laughs> no, not the 2015 one either. There, there is no diversity. Oh, and we sh we didn't say that Carrie Ann Moss is it's Elizabeth. Elizabeth. So he's the yeah. one main character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I recognize Victor Frankenstein from other things, mm -hmm. uh, but there are no name actors in this movie. Um, and I wouldn't recommend it. Basically, but the Frankenstein movie that I would recommend is Curse of Frankenstein. Oh, and also Victor Frankenstein. The so one. Victor Frankenstein, also from 2015. Right? Mm -hmm. That's, that's what the one saying. with um, James McAvoy. This is a qualified recommendation. As James McAvoy and Daniel Radcliffe. Harry Potter. Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> Jackie Rowling. And some beautiful actress that looked familiar, but I don't know what her name was. Lady is. That movie was crazy. Uh, <laughs> listen to the Flophouse episode first, sure. where they review it. Everything they say is true. It was like watching a circus, literally. Like and it starts with a circus. There's all these colors. All the visuals are amazing and um, like so over the top, you can't believe it. The acting, like I said in my email, <laughs> uh, the spit was flying, man. <laughs> Good, I don't want that. They out were of acting the heck out of everything. Good. And, and the other thing, from watching these movies, these older movies, you see all these painted backgrounds and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, there's stuff like that in this movie where there's totally, that room doesn't exist. We, we It's CGI now, but it's the exact same thing. It's like, <laughs> these things don't exist. It's created around yeah. them. It's a painted backdrop. But I loved Curse of Frankenstein, which is, I think, think from 1959. I mentioned it earlier with Peter mm -hmm. Cushing and Christopher mm -hmm. Lee. Mm -hmm. What the, do I know Peter Cushing? Oh, he's in Star Wars. Peter Cushing is... Isn't he uh, yeah, Moff Tarkin Count, or something? Count Dooku or something. No, that's he's, Christopher Lee. Christopher, Christopher Lee? Is Count Dooku. Christopher Lee is Saruman. Yes, and Count Dooku. Oh. But I think Peter uh, Cushing Peter is in Cushing one of the original is, Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, he's in the very first one. He's, yeah. on the, he's on the Death Star. Grand Moff Tarkin. <laughs> All right, sure. Um, but anyway, Peter Cushing is uh, Victor Frankenstein in yeah. that movie, and I loved everything about it. The costuming, the scenery, a lot of painted backdrops. Recommendations. Um, oh, and the dialogue is just fantastic. Mm. And then I tried to watch um, the Dracula movie, which also has Christopher Lee as... Uh, Christopher Lee as Dracula. Mm -hmm. He has no lines similar to Curse of Frankenstein. Mm. It was not as good. It did not hold up. But Curse of Frankenstein, loved it. And Maggie <laughs> liked it too. With okay. Daniel Radcliffe? No, no. Oh. Victor, okay. Maggie Victor, is my teenage Victor Frankenstein sibling. 2015. Okay. Great for a lot of reasons. Not a, not a great movie. Okay. But really great to watch. Okay. Curse of Frankenstein, same deal. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I would recommend the 1931 Frankenstein. Okay. I, it, it is a slow pacing it's a weird pacing, but the costumes, the set, the camera work, the shadow, the light and shadow play were great. Um, I thought the acting was pretty good too. Would you recommend napping through part of it? I would recommend not going to. I 
I would recommend not going to Olive Garden before <laughs> watching this movie. It was my first time at Olive Garden. I enjoyed myself thoroughly, but it was a heavy meal. Never-ending possible. Would recommend. Um, I would not recommend the 2015 Frankenstein, yeah. unfortunately. Though it did raise a lot of interesting questions about what personal identity is. Um, it just doesn't I, answer a I lot I think of if them. you wanted to learn about that kind of a theme... You should just watch The Jerk because that movie's great and um, there are yeah, a lot of much. parallels between the monster and Naven um, and it's a more humorous movie and the outfits are a lot better. Um, can, I, can I jump in and say these Frankenstein movies to me don't, the themes in Frankenstein don't hold up as well as they probably did in the past. Medical science is not going to bring people back to life mm -hmm. in this way anymore. And nowadays, Frankenstein movies are science fiction, mm -hmm. robots, or like The Jerk, it's just a different movie about personal identity. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just a story about personal identity. It's, yeah. a, it's about how, how your creator influenced or... Well, actually, in, in Frankenstein, the monster is abandoned immediately. Okay. That's the way it... It plays out pretty much in all of them. So it's about abandonment and how you can, how the world then treats you after no one is there to care for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we should um, talk about Deb's fantastic cocktail. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, mama. That was so good. Yeah, it was um, really good. I don't know what I'm going to do for next time because I kind of, I kind of you... went over the top these first two cocktails. <laughs> it's true. So. Um, my experience of this cocktail, it was, uh, it visually looked like yeah, the original Frankenstein monster. It had a dark top, a Marion Berry infused vodka, right? Deb? I think so. Yep. And then the the uh, liquor, it was um, it was, was it hypnotic. Hypnotic was a blend of some things. Yeah, yeah, you you said hypnotic, the key lime pie liqueur and agave. Yes. So the key lime pie stuff was dry county key lime pie liqueur, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it wasn't as heavy as a liqueur, so it's no. a little bit less so, than that. And can... then uh, agave syrup and hypnotic made this. It was a really, real nice color. Mm -hmm. So once we have a Twitter account, Karen, you took photos of these cocktails, I right? I sure did. So mm -hmm. you can, Deb, will you post the recipes and then yeah. Karen can post the photos and we can put them together because this was amazing. Deb's yes. cocktail had a, it, there was a screwdriver, uh, a screw, bolt. A, a bolt <laughs> skewered into an eyeball that was made <laughs> with a lychee and I love lychee fruit, um, lychee and then inside the lychee was, or lychee, I don't know how people pronounce it, inside there was a uh, maraschino cherry green maraschino, green maraschino cherry. cherry and inside of the green maraschino cherry was a dried cherry that was soaked in the marionberry infusion <laughs> oh it was delicious so good it looked really good it tastes better if you you know you put it together you layer the marionberry stuff on top so the there's a green portion and mm -hmm. then the dark part mm -hmm. on top and then when you really pour good. the tonic water into it kind of destroys the whole thing mm -hmm. um it, it's a really good flavor do you do you know what we're watching next time for the i next do episode? know what we're watching next time uh at least i know what the old movie is what and is i can look movie? up the new one <laughs> um the old movie's going to be cat people 
which is a movie you have never to watch. seen that, but I've heard yep. good um, things from and you. I'm gonna recommend that you listen to a podcast before we watch it. Non Frankenstein. Oh no, it's Starry Eyes is the name of the movie we're gonna watch with it. Dog. I've never so, heard of that. Uh, is it's recent? from 2014. I can't right at this moment tell you what it was about. I did a bunch of research like okay. two months ago to try all to right. get these things paired up. Um, Look at that list. Okay, all right. The 1950s one. You see Rosemary's Baby on there? Rosemary's Baby for 1960. Love that movie. Up against okay. the Vavitch, which I haven't seen. <laughs> oh, boy. You're in for a treat, man. That movie is so, so great. funny. <laughs> I recommend it in advance. Yes. So... Homework for cat people. Yeah. Like I said I said in our previous podcast that I have been listening to It's homework podcast. for the listeners, not for us. I mean, we'll do it. But that the isn't nothing your mom. I've been listening Never. to another podcast. Um, you must remember this. Mm-hmm. She talks about Hollywood. Um, and she does an episode about Val Luton that you should listen to Okay. before we watch this. Val Luton is the producer, I believe, of, the, of Cat People. Okay. Um, which is more significant, maybe, than what we think about producers now. He had a much bigger part to play. But his story is really interesting, and it produced this movie, which is a hmm. classic that we need to watch. All right. Let's do it. I'm all, I'm all for it. Well, you got anything else? I think no. Is that it? Is that segments? Once we didn't break. say anything about uh, opium or... <laughs> yeah, nobody gets beaten with a cane. There were uh, some beat-ups. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Don't watch these movies. Maybe watch the 1930s well, we one. Okay. And maybe we won't keep this in the podcast, but would you recommend Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde from 1920? Uh, no. No. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> recognize, rec- recommend the Black Swan. Yes. 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 Black Swan's great. Awesome movie. There's some flaws, but it's great. Go watch it. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're done. Let's hey. do it. Thanks, guys. Cool. See you next time. See you. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye now. Goodbye. And that's...